Greetings, salutations, and ahoy, matey! Welcome to Watch for Dinner episode 122. Arg. Uh, first of all, I want to sincerely apologize for last week. There was no show. No nothing. Uh, that is because I am currently coming to you from aboard the Norwegian getaway, hence the ahoy, matey. And I just did not have internet access to upload the podcast, so I do apologize. Uh, I am sorry, my friends. But this week, I did manage not only to upload this podcast, but to interview the comic that I'm working with, Scott Henry. Uh, Scott's a buddy of mine. Um, we've did, we've done spots around LA together, and uh, this is the first time that we've actually worked together. And man, he is incredibly funny, and uh, we've been having a great time on the ship. And uh, the inter- the interview was just it was you know just us kind of shooting the shit, talking a little about comedy, about road work. Uh, he told a great story about Jay Leno. Really, if you if if you ever feel that Jay Leno is not a is not a good person or is just uh, not I don't know like there, there's talk that Leno is just uh, you know not a good comic or you know kind of forgot about his roots or whatever this story will definitely change your mind uh, very very cool story and um, incidentally if you guys are around this coming week um, in the LA area I'll be at Flappers Comedy Club performing their headlining at the Yoohoo the 19th and 20th and then I'll be in Indianapolis, uh, excuse me, yeah, September 25th, 26th, and 27th at Morty's Comedy Club. So a lot of great stuff coming up. Always check it out at um, flipisfunny.com. And now I want you to sit back and enjoy this episode 122 with Scott Henry. Thanks again, guys. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. My desk is cluttered, so I apologize. I saw you judging my desk, how unkempt it looks. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm actually all right with that. I like a little bit, you know. Are you one of of those guys when you're on the road, you like to keep your room tidy, or are you just like, fuck it? You know, I can go either way on that. What do you prefer, though? Like, I like it when it's tight, you know? Yeah. I want it tightened up, you know? Except for, you know, I, I love when I get my room clean. There's there's not a lot of great feelings like when you come back and all you did was go to lunch and you come back and your room's like perfect. It's been vacuumed. There's no toenail clippings on the floor. You know, they picked up your wrappers, all the stuff, your trash, your my, floss. Check my tra- my trash has not been emptied. She has not emptied my trash. Really? No offense if she's listening and I know she's a fan. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You're See, getting, I don't, I you're don't getting mind the, hosed. What's that? You're getting hosed. I know. I'm getting the fucking unroyal treatment. And the cabin, I don't mind, like, uh, having my room clean because there's not a lot. But, like, in a hotel, whatever reason, when I'm on the road in a hotel, I don't like my room being cleaned. Yeah, I don't I, get my room cleaned either. I get yeah. paranoid. Yeah. Okay, so on the road in hotels, you don't do the room service. No. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't know a lot of comics that do. I think a lot I just of, get the towels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think... Like, why do you think that is? Because a lot of comics are like that. They don't like having their, uh, you think they might find our stash? Is that it? I don't know, but I remember one time with a, uh, um, well, I would just put it in the safe, but I remember this guy, and I don't want to say his name, but uh, he, he was actually, yes, okay. he was actually pretty big on Bob and Tom for a while, but he got his hooch stolen out of his room, and he went down to the front desk, and he was like, hey. 
This chick stole my weed. Actually, you know who it was? It was Ronnie Bullard. I know the name. You never heard of Ronnie Bullard. He was a one-line machine. Really? And the best pool player I've ever played in my life. Really? And that's back when I was playing. I was playing, like, that's how I'd make gas money. You'd hustle pool? I'd hustle pool, yeah. You go into, like, bars where there's, like, college guys or younger guys. And I grew up playing pool. I had a pool table in my my basement, and my dad was a good player. And, And so when I'd go into the bars, you know, I was actually better when I would drink. You know, because yeah. I had no conscience. You know what I mean? So I could just, you know, Miller Lights. You know, I just pouring down the Miller Lights, and every once in a while, a shot of Jack, but not too many. And then, you know, just go in there and scorch a little at a time. You know, lose. We'd go and hustle. But when I went with Ronnie, we'd go to like a pool hall, and he had that kind of game where he really? could, where he could hustle in a pool hall. Is this in Milwaukee? Wherever I was on the road. Oh, so you guys went on the road a lot together. Yeah. Okay. No, no. We just, back then, we would end up meeting up, uh, you know, because he worked a lot of the, uh, he worked some of the punchlines and so did I. So um, we would go through the South and he was a Southerner and he knew where all the places were to go shoot pool. But like I said, you know, I was, I was a, I was a good player, but I liked hustling like college bars because these guys can't, they weren't as good. Right. And so I could just take a little money here and there, you know, five bucks a game or something and, you know, get 30 in my pocket. And that puts gas in the tank because it was when I was first starting out, you know, back in the 40s, (laughs) something like that. And you have a choice. You either put, you know, take the money, you know, your normal money to put gas in the car or you like spend it on trying to get some ass. Right. And so that's where I went. So so what happened when he went up to the uh, front desk and said, somebody sell my weed? Well, now you're getting back on subject. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sometimes we take a, an exit ramp on a segue, but I, if it's a story that sounds interesting, I want to hear the end yeah. of it. If it's Texas, then you just get right back just on the right ramp. right back on the 10. Um, well, Ronnie went down there, and they said, well, there's no way you can prove it. And he's, you know, so he went back and forth on this thing, and uh, he said, I'm going to call the police. They were like, you can't call the police. He goes, I'm going to call the police and told them they stole from me. And I'm going to make up something that they stole from me. And then they went and found the girl and she had to give the bag back. And he gave her half the bag. <laughs> How funny is that? That's hilarious. Ronnie. I, I was just working up in Canada. I think, of, I think it was the last year. And Canada, you know, they're very like, I've always heard they're lax on their marijuana stuff like it's yeah. it's it's not legal but it's pretty much legal kind of thing so after a show somebody gave me like a like a little nugget and i got some papers and i'm not good at rolling but i i, I got something together and i didn't want to go outside like on the hotel premises and do it so i just i had my window open and i'm blowing it out blowing it out but there was a lot of wind this one day and i didn't realize that some of it was coming back in <laughs> so there's a knock on the door and I open the door. It's a hotel manager, and she goes, "We smell smoke coming from this room." And I go, I, "I'm I'm sorry." She goes, "Are you smoking marijuana in this room?" And it was like one of those. Uh, you, there was no way to lie. I went, uh, I, "I I yeah." I just I didn't want to go outside. I was blowing it out the window. And she goes, "Well, this is a non-smoking room. We have to charge you for smoking in here." I said, "You're just going to charge me for smoking in the room? That's it?" She goes, "Yes." And I'm like, "Nothing about the marijuana." No. Nothing about the marijuana. She goes, no. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Yeah. And they charged me like two hundred bucks. Ooh, that hurt. But, but wait, wait. 
So that day, uh, I was I was pissed at myself. Not just for smoking weed in the hotel, but now that I got like, I wasn't making a lot of money at the club anyway. And so I go down and I said, uh, like I said, look, I know that I did wrong. I know that. But that's a lot of money. And I just got into a huge fight with my wife about money. And I was just wondering, is there any way that we could, that, 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 that you could not charge me? And, you know, I was just, I was playing very sincere. And she pulled your shirt over your head and beat the crap she out of you like a hockey a player. <laughs> no, she actually ended up being very cool and took the money off. She reversed the charge. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and I gave her, and then I gave her a free DVD like that. Oh. Because I know that was on top of her list of shit. Absolutely. She if she walked out without that DVD, there's mm. no way you're not getting charged. I mean. Well, isn't that, like, you have merch, right? Yeah. Don't you find <clears> that, like, sometimes, because, and, and I'm not trying to devalue our merch or anything, but when you have kind of a surplus and you could afford to give some away as, mm-hmm. you know, to the staff or in a situation like that. Like, for me, it's almost like, yeah, it's just a CD. Here you go. But to, I think what people really, they feel like very special if they if you give them a piece of your merch. It almost right. feels like it's this second kind of currency that you can barter with sometimes on the road. You know what I do in that situation? I, I never give a free CD to a really good-looking woman. Really? Ever. No, because they get enough free shit. You know what I mean? I always find the woman that was laughing her ass off in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, just a normal gal that came there to have a good time, she'll get a free CD. What if she's really hot, though? What if it's the best of both worlds? Never happens that way. You've never had the hot girl laughing her ass off? Yeah, but, you know, she's not the one. You know what I mean? The one, (laughs) you know, that lady. Ah, the cackle. The cackle lady. Yeah, hot, just... hot girls never have a cackle. No. You never see the hot girls with a cackle. No, thank God. That would even it out. <laughs> that would? You know what I mean? Like, I think Fran Drescher is probably the Oof. the balance between the two. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. You're right. It is kind of funny. You never hear. I mean, at a certain point, like, her sorority friends would tell her, Oh, my God, you, like, totally have changed your laugh. What are you talking about? I've been laughing like this since I was a little girl. (laughs) Exactly. You're not a little girl anymore. All right. Your friend is taking a visit. So. What's a hot girl laugh? (laughs) You know, more subdued or just like not like a silent laugh. That's usually reserved to like, like, like really big women. Whatever. I don't know. For what? some reason. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They just get that thing and then they're kind of lose their really, their really breath like, or whatever. Oh, 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 oh. You know what I mean? We're like, <laughs> yeah, like that kind of thing. Like Dom DeLuise used to roll out. Remember that? Him and Burt Reynolds, oh, man. Oh, Tonight Show? Oh. God, when they, when the, th- him, uh, Reynolds and, and uh, Carson got together, yeah. like, those are some of the classic. Oh, yeah. And they were yeah. smoking cigarettes Slager? and drinking oh, God. on it TV. Was, Hour and a half, too. Such a boys club. Such it was the Carson back in the seventies was like the Rat Pack on television. Oh yeah, it was so cool because man. it was like that's why I love watching the. Uh, <clears throat> there was a documentary on Carson that was just you know I forgot really? who did it, but I was watching it. I started watching it when we took off in L.A. and it finished when we were flying over Nebraska. Which is where he's from. Oh wow! Isn't that crazy? Because I was, you know, how they have the map up yeah, yeah, yeah. on the little thing, and I was like, "Oh, look at that!" But they had, they had comics that had gotten their break on that show, from Leno to uh, Roseanne to Seinfeld, and 
And but Drew Carey got really emotional about it for some reason. You know, I don't know what the deal was, but I mean, I felt emotional for him. But he was like, they showed the clip of him. Did you ever see that clip? Yeah, back when he had the spiked hair and the big yeah rim glasses. Yeah. And then when when Carson gives him the come on over to the couch, he looked the other way and then looked back at Carson and he pointed at himself like me. And Carson just started laughing his ass off. He's like, yeah, get over here. And, uh, oh, wow. he, you know, it was just really, it well, was really neat. They said that when you got the wave over from Carson, like there, that's, it, it was it? it. Even if you just got the okay. The okay. Yeah. That was good. They what, what doc, it was a, you ever see I am comic, the documentary? Uh, is that the one that Seinfeld made? No, that's comedian. This oh, comedian. is, um, I forgot who made it, but like Rich Scheidner is kind of like a main. Oh yeah. Yeah. It. I saw that. Yeah. And I think I forgot if it was either Foxworthy I think it was Foxworthy. He said like there were the three stages of Carson. Uh, when you first did it, when you did the show, you'd either get the um, the him just applauding, yeah, which meant you did all right. You might yeah. you might come back. Then you get the okay, which is he really liked you, yep. and you you're gonna come back. And then you get the wave over, which yeah. at that point you're a star. And it was fun to go on the YouTube. Uh, went on youtube and watched a bunch of comics a p- first appearance on the tonight show ellen's was great really it was fantastic and then you know i love when they would sit on the couch and and you know i was watching comedians in cars uh, getting, getting coffee. coffee and that's when leno he had leno on oh yeah and it was great you know because they talked about you know the old days and they talked about uh you know how they used to like comics would go and support each other he would like at the tonight. Yeah, show. Jerry like took you know uh, like three or four comics, and they all went because he said, "Remember that? That's when, you know, one guy would get the Tonight Show, and we'd all go with to support." Wow, how cool is that? That is really because that cool. was like that big of a deal. Wow, have you ever been to the Tonight Show? You ever yeah. go with any? Yeah, I've been to the Tonight Show. That's you've been I... on the Tonight Show. No, oh, but that was the story I told you about Leno. I, th- I thought we were no, 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 not that high class. <laughs> Oh, that's right. uh, What was the Leno story again? The Leno story was, he was in, this was many, many years ago. This is 20 years ago. And uh, I was working the Comedy Magic Club down there a lot. You know, I'd just gotten in the club. That's Hermosa. Yeah, Hermosa Comedy Magic Club. It's a great club. And so I knew Jay Leno was there, you know, every Sunday night. So one Sunday night, I just stopped down and I asked Mike Lacey, the owner of the Comedy Magic Club. And I said, you know, can I just meet Jay? And he goes, "Uh, hold on one second. And he stutters, but I'm not going to do the impression. Anyway, he goes in, talks to Jay. He goes, hey, really, you know, really funny young comic and whatever. And uh, I come walking in. He goes, uh, oh, great. He goes, uh, and uh, Mike happens to say, oh, he's uh, his family's all coming into town to, uh, you know, for his wedding. And he goes, oh, yeah, how many uh, how many people do you have? I was like, oh, we got like six. He goes, you want to come to the Tonight Show? I was like, oh, my God, yeah, that would be awesome. So they left, you know, my name. At the door, but I didn't know that's how it was going to be, you know. So, uh, you know, I just went and got in line and my own man's, you know, he goes, just come on back in line. I go, damn, my name might be on the list. I don't give a shit. Get your ass back here. I'm tired of you pulling this kind of shit. And I'm like, dad, what's the big deal? Because you're supposed to stand in the line. That's what you're supposed to do. And I go, all right, I'll be right back. So I went up to the thing and sure enough, he had my name. So they had the page come down, get my whole family. Oh, wow. And dropped us in like the front row. In the little area, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I don't know Jay. 
I don't know him for several, like the minute and a half. And so we're sitting there and I was like, dad, I told you, my buddy said, you know, you had to wait in line for like an hour and a half before you get in here. I didn't know you knew the guy, you know? So (laughs) all of a sudden Jay comes out. He comes out of the back and comes and says hi to my family. So wait, so you're in the studio now. We're you're, in the studio. Sitting, we're sitting. sitting we're like we're going right to sit. Stateside. Yeah, we're we're like in great seats there, and uh, and this is before anybody else has come in. No, yeah, no very audience. few people are in there. Okay. Very few. Um, probably just other guests of other people on the show, and so he comes out and he's like, "Hey, Scott, how you doing? Act like he knew me." All right, so cool. Met my, oh, all right, I hear uh, this is Sharon and Pam. Oh, all right, I heard about you guys. I was like, you know, and Mr. Henry, you know, I. it was unbelievable. That is so cool. And he gave, like, gave my, you know, a few of my family members shirts and came out, dude, and acted like we knew each other. That is really good. Cool. I it like hearing that. It was unbelievable. I was looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing right now? But he knew. What that would mean to me, yeah, and what yeah. it would mean to my dad, because he's like that kind of guy as well. You know, he said he would call his mom every day back in Boston. You know, and I do that kind of thing, and you know, and his dad, you know, that can, you know, it's just he knew what it would mean, right, to to me. Yeah, well, I think he knew what it would mean to a comic more than just yeah. a, a, an average Joe. Because I'm yeah. sure Leno, you know, if, if Carson had done something like that for him, you know, would have been like the same kind of holy shit. So yeah. kind of paying it forward thing. My old man, which was funny, because after he did that, oh, he couldn't stop telling people. Ah, my kid. I'm like, no, Danny's waiting in line. <laughs> I should have left you out there waiting in line. Yeah, you smartass. So, did yeah, you... that was that was one of that's why whenever anybody anybody said anything about Jay, I was like, I don't know, dude. I can't get in that party. You yeah. know, he no, did I... something for me that might, you know. I, you know what? I I respect forget. Leno. I read his book. He had a he has a great bio called "Leading with My Chin." <laughs> and it's it's really a uh, great uh, read about how he started and like you know what I loved about it reading it he went through the same kind of shit that that I have and I'm sure you have too like what comics do on the deal with on the road or deal with right. in the city and whatever and it's like you realize that the shit that's happening to us it's not personal it's not only us it yeah. happens to pretty much everybody in this business you get the shit gigs, you get shit on, you get doubtful, you get mm-hmm. fucked over, you think your career's over, and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. There's then, many times that happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's the guys that, after it happens once or twice, they go, fuck it, I'm just, I'm not meant to do this, and they leave. Yeah. They're, you know, obviously they're the ones that don't stick around too much, but the guys mm-hmm. like us who get fed the shit sometimes and just go, all right, that was good, tomorrow night there'll be a better dinner. Yeah. You know, well, my old manager used to say, I had a, I had a, a big problem with anxiety um, in big moments. It wasn't just nerves. There was something wrong. Yeah. You know, but they didn't diagnose stuff like that back then. They were just like, hey, you get nervous, you know. And so I choked a big showcase when I was with uh, <clears throat> when I was with ICM and it was a big showcase. Uh, I went up. It was at the Laugh Factory and Butch Bradley went up before the showcase. All right, we were kind of in the same type of category, mm-hmm. but Jamie represented him, Jamie oh. Masada. So Butch goes up, and I'm the third guy up. So I go up, and I actually had conquered my nerves this night. So I go up, and I'm I'm ready to get. And I'm going like two and a half, three minutes in. The mic cuts off. Hey. Fucking Jamie, I know, I know he did that. 
I know he did it. Cut my mic off. And it rattled me. You know, because I was, instead of just doing like, if you're a road comic. Yeah, you just. Just going, well, this is great. Not like my fucking career depends upon this. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. But I had, I was in, I was more in my head because I would do this, you know. And, you know, I had to conquer that. And that wasn't an easy thing to conquer. And I remember, you know, blowing that. Uh, that uh, showcase and my manager coming up and he goes, well, like they say at the bakery next, <laughs> you know, and uh, but there was, you know, quite a few of those that oh, I yeah. dropped I told the you tank. What happened to me on Star Search? Like, yeah, my, that's my, awful. Yeah, I think I've, I've told this on the show before, but for those who don't know, I was on Star Search in 03 live telecast and my microphone wasn't on for the for 60 of the 80 seconds that I had to do comedy. So it was. Then that was another one of those why the fuck moments. But you you can either dwell on it and never get past yeah. it and be a bitter old prick or just accept it and move on and realize life's full of disappointments sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's a comic named Mike Burton that I worked with or that I lived with. I know Mike very well. And uh, he's a very caring guy. You know, he can be out of his mind like all of us. Um, But he was a really good friend to me. I had... uh. A situation in in my career that I'd worked for it was like going to pitch you know this thing and I had I had gone in and the meeting didn't go great and I thought that's it I had worked my whole life to get in the room with with this particular person and all my other meetings went great but this guy was a real and I don't want to say his name this guy was a real intimidator you know what I mean and he's still with that studio. He's oh, responsible really? for keeping Ray on the air. So you know, you said his name earlier today. Okay. And it was Les Moonves, I'll just say it. And so <laughs> I went in, I went in, and uh, I'm just sitting there, and I've been doing these meetings and been killing it. And uh, Les is late, and then he comes in, dude. He comes in, and he just sits down in his big chair, doesn't say anything, just fucking eyeballs me. and He does one of these things like... You know, his teeth or whatever. Looks at me. I mean, there's like a 30-second deal. Is it just you and him in the room? It's me, him, and my manager, my manager's boss. Uh, So he just eyeballed me, dude, and I fucking froze, you know? I mean, I I couldn't get the pitch out properly. Oh, really? And it was okay. And that hurt. That was a $250,000 mistake. I had two fifty dollars on the table with uh, a a production company called Greenblatt. Greenblatt Channel Larry. And they were you know you know they were. They they did six feet under. They did Yeah. And it was just Striker, you're coming in too low. You know what I mean? Too low, Striker. Too and low. So uh I got home and, and I was devastated. I literally didn't leave my apartment for a week and we had talked about this and if it wasn't for Burton, dude, something bad might have happened. That's how bad it can be, you oh, know. Yeah. And then oh, you know God, yeah, yeah. about a week later I was like, Well, what are you gonna do? Be a bitch about it? You know, and then the next year I ended up pitching to a network and sold a show. So if I would have just been a bitch about it, you know, but Mike Burton saved my ass at that time because I don't know. I was down to say the least. I know so. I could imagine like it's a, that's the thing is this business. But that's that's and I want to say that's what I like about it. But I because th- I think when you have those kind of like fuck moments mm-hmm. it makes you appreciate the better ones yeah. a lot more you know yeah. like there are guys that i know who've had it relatively easy as far as getting representation then getting in front of the right people then mm-hmm. getting a deal like 
some because their family is already involved, so a little bit of nepotism. I don't want to say any names. Um, um, but those guys, to me, I don't think they appreciate it as much, and I don't think that their longevity will be too uh, uh, too great because right. they haven't had the shit times. They, you know. Well, look at a guy like Carlos Mencia. I mean, there's not anybody in the business that would say anything good about him. I mean, and yet that motherfucker stole all kinds of people's jokes and got somewhere with it. But then it kind of stalled. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of in a holding pattern right now. Yeah. So he got there. He'll still do road work. He's one of these guys who will go up on stage for like two hours. Oh, God, yeah. That's like when I first heard about Mencia, it was from the staff. They're like, he fucking did two and a half hours. We're sitting here with our thumbs up the ass because the crowd doesn't want to leave or he's holding him hostage. Right. And he can't sell drinks. No, he can't sell drinks after a certain time. And then sometimes he'll do like a long show on the first show. So the second show is pushed back to it. It's like, you know, like like on, on the cruise, I've gone long by maybe five or ten minutes on some shows, which I follow, I, I hate when anybody does, goes long. But I still ended up doing like 40 or whatever, which is right. an average time for a show. But when I'm on the road... I am. I try to be as aware. For by the way, do you, I'm not sure if you guys can hear this. We're uh, uh, Scott. Oh, this is Scott Henry, by the way. Yes. I haven't said your name. You yet. haven't even said my name. I know. Well, this is what the show's all about. Just talking in conversation. I'm just seeing if I. I don't think we hear it. There's music coming from the cabin next to mine. Yeah, that's because they're the burn the floor guys, you know. And there's, you know, I'm not saying there's not a lot of heterosexual men, <laughs> but. There's show tunes coming through the fucking door. That's all right. not show tunes. That's that's techno of some kind. Well, to me, it might as well be show so tunes. You, you're you're not a show tunes kind of guy, are you? I cannot fucking believe you just asked me that question. <laughs> what? I have a girlfriend, dude. I have a girlfriend. You understand? I got a wife. Vagina is my deal. What? what? Okay, let me, let me ask you a question, honestly. Like. Why do you think show tunes are associated so much? Like, in, if you enjoy show tunes, you're either a woman or you're gay. Because I enjoy show tunes. I enjoy musical <laughs> well, theater. I've done musical theater. I'm straight. All right, dude. HGTV. I don't watch How many it. gay men are on HGTV? How many gay men are on television shows in that's general? What, that's what HG stands for. Hundreds of gay guys TV. That's, it may, it nowadays it might. But you look at how many gay men, this is this is a bit of, I don't know, it's something that should piss somebody off. You know, there's always a group that's angry. Lesbians. Yeah. There's no lesbians on TV, like you don't have HGTV and here's a bunch of lesbians. No. You know what? The, you know, there's a, f like Ellen, Rosie, uh, Whoopi, some of these is gals. I think so. Didn't she date Ted Danson back in the nineties? Yeah, but you know what? There's a lot of didn't lot they make Whoopi? Uh, didn't they? Oh my make god! Whoopi? Yeah, they were on that newlywed game. <laughs> uh, but there's not like a like there's gay men all over TV because they're funny and light, and you know they just enjoy life and do all this kind of stuff. They're you know they're just they go for that. You know you don't see a lot of like lesbians aren't the kind of go getter. Type of thing for well, they might go get her, but they're gonna do things to her. Hey, get her a sizable, yeah. They <laughs> get her a lickski. You don't want to lose your liquor license. We'll be right back. No, but <laughs> my uh, my girlfriend's sister was with this gal, lesbians, 
was with this gal for like nine years. And as soon as marriage was legal, they went and got married, broke up after six months. Really? It's crazy. It? So. So, but again, back to show tunes. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just the stigma that goes along with it. I mean, I didn't. Because we, we saw a musical last night. It was good. On the ship. Yeah, there was cool. a lot of hot girls. There were it. a lot of hot girls. That's one of the, let me tell you. Back in 97, I was doing musical theater in Galveston Island, Texas. Not to brag. And I was one of the only three straight single guys there. So, that's I'm what just I'm saying, saying, dude. That's but that's what I'm saying. As a as a straight man, it's a gold mine because most of the guys doing the shows are gay. I guess. But if you're straight and you can appreciate what musical theater is and you can carry a tune, dude, it is a. Can I just say this, please? I'm looking over at your nightstand, and I don't mind blinders. I wear blinders. Yeah, the when sleep I sleep mask. sometimes. Those. Are I'll, purple. I'll tell you. Okay. Dude, they look like they look like lingerie. Feel how soft these are. That's awesome, but they're purple. They were my wife's. She let me really. Use yeah. Okay. The Tempur Pedic ones are the ones I have that are nice. Okay. They well, just grab right on. They're blue. The, these are soft. The velvet covers the eyes. So like I had other one. Actually, there's one wrapped around the phone behind you. That would also use, but it's too cumbersome. It's too tight. Yeah. They those fit great. And this is going to sound gay, but they used to be scented with lilac, oh, which was so relaxing when you're trying to sleep. How much longer is this podcast, <laughs> really? Because this might be a time. For I'm uncomfortable to, now. Well, take off a shirt. Get comfortable. Oh, <laughs> this, this is scaring me a little. I'm ty- I'm you know what? I think what could happen to you if you do enough musicals, dude. I think. You could get swayed, you know, a couple beers, no, no. a couple of guys I'll be honest, just sitting a, around singing show tunes. Who there knows? There was a time that I thought I might be. It was around that same time I was doing that theater. Really? I was like, because I was hanging out with these gay guys and I was, you know, they're great guys. I was getting along with right. them. And I, and I don't think I was like, at that point I wasn't hitting the guy getting with any women. I'm like, God, what if I'm, am I gay? And and then I really thought about it. I'm like, no, I'm not. Because as much as, you know, I get along with gay guys as mm-hmm. well as I would with anybody, I'm not attracted to men at all. Right. Not at all. I love me some puss. I gotta tell you. Um, however, though, I have, like, I, I, okay, I'm an en- show tune. I'm an enjoyer of like the human body. Whether like I, I love to either comment on it or I get a kick, you know, kick out of it, or I'm intrigued by it. Like, if I see a beautiful woman, kind of a stock thing. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, she's great body, just hot, you know. But then. When you get a little older, you you see women for you know you're like you're you're lifted a little bit of that guilt of of what your buddies thought was attractive or right. what magazines were telling you is attractive. And you see what you yeah find attractive. Like I like proportion. If it's a little bigger, I don't care as long as it's proportion. Proportion, yeah. You know I like that. I, that's my thing. But if there's some guy with some crazy sick body, I, you know, I'm just like, look at this fucking guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I appreciate the work this oh, guy yeah, put yeah, into absolutely. it. And or just playing the genes, uh, you know, but I also am intrigued by somebody. But you don't look at that guy and go, God, I cannot wait to be inside of him. No, I don't yeah. want the balls in my chin. Yeah, that's you know where, what I'm saying? That's where, where I'm at, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just but I can appreciate it. But yeah. I also, you know, it's funny to me because I, I don't understand how somebody can get like super overweight but then on the other hand you know i've you know i i've drank a lot i've smoked a shit ton of weed in my life you know the only thing is those things don't show i don't get like fat from it their their issue is eating 
My issue is, you know, something that. But are you, are your is your family fat or anything like that? It's because it, a lot of it does have to do with genetics. A lot of it does, but it's also you know. A lot of it has to do with some genetics, and you might have to, you might have to watch yourself more than me. But mm-hmm. it's also, you know, my sister is the only, <sighs> my sister is the only one in our family that is a little heavier, mm-hmm. carries it well. But when I was a kid, I ate a shit ton of fruit. I used to eat like an onion. I grab an onion, eat it like a piece of fruit. You it's know, been very popular with the women. Oh. <sighs> Dude, I was in, dude. I had my first girl when I was in kindergarten, Susie Beauchamp. She's adorable. Anyway, <laughs> but I ate a lot of fruit and I ate very healthy for whatever reason. My sister, like mac and cheese, fried bologna, you know, fried chicken. She ate all bad things. Well, I don't know if that tides you over from when you're a kid. Not only starts the bad habits, the habit, but changes your body. Could be. Or like something. I, I was a chubby kid. I was like a chubby kid. And what happened with me is I just grew and stretched. <laughs> Honestly. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, my, I could show you a picture of me from my bar mitzvah. I looked like I had Down syndrome. Because I had, I'm, I'm just saying, because my face was all kind of puffy when I smiled. Did your, was your tongue out? Mm-hmm. Was your tongue out? Or did you still have your tongue in like I still, my, my tongue was still. It, it like had a in little, the mouth. It had a little weight on it. Okay. By the yeah, way, when I say Down syndrome, I meant I just felt depressed and there was, I was very down. With no special no, skills. No, there was nothing special. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing. <laughs> oh, it's By awful. Way, uh, speaking of awkward and awful, this is a little part of the show called The Skippy Green Show. Oh. It's the Skippy Green Show. <laughs> Scott Henry, is that you? Uh, Is that you, Scott? God, it's been way too long. Remember the last time I saw you? You and me were doing that musical down south, and we were tag teaming that guy with a bag of Doritos up his ass. Yeah, it was funny, because that's the first time I ever saw a guy's ass waxed. I didn't know people did that. Who knew? Who knew? It's An, an ass wax, it's kind of like earwax. Yeah. Except you didn't need a bigger Q-tip to get it out of there. Jeepers creepers. Well, you know, I like, the, you can't get that, like, after a guy waxes, like, you got to go in day one or two, because day three starts getting a little prickly, yeah. you know, by Stubbly. day six, dude, it's like fucking a cactus. It really is. It's it's like, it's a, awful. it puts the O in five o'clock shadow. Oh, jeepers. All right. Here's how this works. I'm going to ask you a question. All right. You got to answer the question in 10 words exactly. <clears throat> Not exactly. Ele- not eleven. Not nine. Uh, Ten words exactly. Are you ready, Scott Henry? Okay. Of yeah. the Milwaukee Henry. Oh, this is gonna hurt. You've said that many times. Yes, I'm ready. If you could fuck. Oh no. To any Radiohead song. <laughs> what would it be and why? Uh, I think it would be... You already had five. Five. Uh, does that count? No. I think it would be... One of my... Uh, Do you want to start uh, over? No, no. A favorite. High and dry. 
Perfect. Yeah. Look at you. Not very funny, but accurate. Well, high and dry. How about oil and water? How about vinegar and water? No. Did you hear about the uh, water truck and the vinegar truck hit each other? Nope. It was like, douche. That's why you're middle. (laughs) It's the Skippy Green Show. Dude, thanks for doing this. Oh, man. my pleasure. This is fun. Um, where do people find you on Twitter? Anything like that? Uh, uh sc- at Scott Henry Joke. Scott and Henry my, Joke. Yeah, and my website is uh, scotthenrycomedy.com. Also, scotthenrycorporate.com. Oh, look at you. You can get from my regular page to my corporate site, but you cannot get from my corporate site to my regular page on purpose. Look at you sneaking people around. That's right. It's I like, don't want you, them some bitches seeing me curse. In, once you're in the corporate, you can't go back to the That's club. right. Well, dude, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, again, sorry about last week. See you later. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking about what's ever on their minds.